Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording, pre-recording from the home bunker. Folks, I am really excited. You know that once a month, I have the great fortune of sitting down with my good, good friend, the Reverend Mark Thompson, who is the host of Make It Plain. You know, I enjoy these monthly conversations with Mark because we get to dive in to the there there, right? To the nitty gritty, to the real talk that you don't get on cable news. The nuance and the complexities and the layers of situations around race and politics and the fight for our freedom and our rights, the ways in which we are being manipulated as a people to keep quiet, to keep comfortable, and to not be activated into action. And the conversation that Mark and I have today is a robust one. And I'm so grateful for it because, you know, we talk about, one, the alarm that the New York Times set off with their article with regard to pronouncing to the world that talks of a civil war on far-right social media platforms is up 3,000%. Yes, you heard me right, 3,000%. Now, I want you to understand that during the 2020 racial uprisings across this country in the midst of a pandemic, we watched a man take his last breath at the hand of a white police officer that couldn't even be bothered to take his fucking hands out of his pocket as he was suffocating a man to death with a live audience. The FBI, the CIA, law enforcement arrested, were following, investigating members of Black Lives Matter, 
members of other advocacy, social justice, and civil rights organizations picking up protesters on the street that were exercising their right to assemble and their right to fight for justice as citizens of a fucking democracy. However, when there was chatter in broad fucking daylight out in the open about the insurrection and what was being planned and where the feelings were, oh, that was let go. Oh, somehow it slipped through the cracks. Somehow they just didn't have their finger on that pulse, did they? So now here comes the New York Times, damn near two years after the insurrection, the dress rehearsal to what they really fucking want, which is a civil war, telling us once again, hey, 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 anybody home paying attention to the fact that these motherfuckers are organizing an arsenal and organizing themselves once again in broad daylight and ain't nobody getting arrested? Nobody being investigated or picked up these terrorist cells being broken up? No. So I'm wondering, as Mark and I delve into this conversation, how our lack of self-reflection as a nation has played a part in where we find ourselves at this present moment. So coming up next, my wonderful deep dive conversation with my good friend, the Reverend Mark Thompson, host of Make It Plain. Hey, I'm David Plotz of Slate's Political Gab Fest. As another election season accelerates, it can be tricky to sort through all the noise in the news. Each week on the GabFest, John Dickerson, Emily Bazelon, and I decipher the headlines, break down the races, and tell you what issues really matter. We do not always agree. We definitely do not always agree. But we always deliver thoughtful debate, and we always have a good time. So subscribe to Slate's Political GabFest. New episodes every Thursday. Folks, you know that anytime that uh, the month comes around, I'm always excited about getting into conversation with my good, good friend, the Reverend Mark Thompson, host of Make It Plain. Um, Every month, Mark, I look forward to our conversations because I think that we get into the real, real, Um, the things that aren't being really delved into and addressed um, in mainstream media and news. And one of the things that has been on my mind Mark. And I have been, I'm not going to mince words. I've been scared as hell. Um, and things that are keeping me up at night is the fact that, you know, the New York times had reported that calls for a civil war, civil war on these far right, uh, websites, chat rooms, uh, social platforms, um, across social platforms is up. 3,000%, not 3%, not 300%, 3,000%. I had a follower of mine. She lives out East on Long Island where I grew up. She said, Danielle, I've been noticing as I'm driving by, seeing these flags on people's lawns with these stars in a circle. She's like, I kept seeing it. And so I had to Google it to figure out what it was. She goes, you know what it is? She said. It's a sign of the civil war. I'm seeing that out east on Long Island, people putting them putting it in their front yard. So, Mark, I, I wanted to get your initial thoughts on what is now percolating up in the mainstream. But again, I don't think it's still receiving the alarm, the sense of urgency that it should be. 
Well, always good to be with you as well, Danielle. And I also look forward to our uh, wonderful and our lively discussions. First of all, I, I agree, it's not getting the attention it deserves because in this country, people still think fat meat ain't greasy. And even though we saw what happened January 6th, people are still like, you know, they can't believe it. And it really goes back now. We go back before Trump. It goes back to the Bush doctrine of shock and awe. Mm-hmm. And when you have shock and awe, people just, they aren't prepared for it. I don't know yet what it's going to take. Now, I think obviously more people get it because of January 6th. But that is really a, a very surface kind of a thing. Those of us who are involved in politics full-time, particularly involved in civil rights, we saw January 6th for what it was. Mm-hmm. And and what, what, what was it? it? It really started out as sort of a, a rebellion or civil war cosplay. Mm-hmm. And then folks got swept up in it. They, it don't take but a handful of the mob to take it to that next level. And, and that's what they did. Okay, so... I think people do need to take this more seriously. But there's a problem with American history and culture. Like we, we don't want to teach, we don't want people to learn black history anymore. We're using CRT to wipe out uh, conscious curricula throughout the country. What America has been teaching for years is decades, is a sanitized version of the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. That has been mm-hmm. part of the struggle all along. In my early days in radio, when I was even still on AM radio, that was a constant debate I was having about what there was. And Clarence Thomas was involved in this at one time. Was the Civil War really about slavery? People mm-hmm. still don't want to deal with that question. It was. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was just that was it was about the economy. Well, the economy was slavery. <laughs> OK, so so that's it. And because we have not really dealt with that, and, and let's be frank, that now this history is, is tried and true. There was not all this romanticism of the Confederacy immediately after the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the segregationist movement really picked up in the 40s and, and late 40s, mid to late 40s, leading into the 50s, that the Strom Thurmonds of the world began to say, wait a minute, wait, we can work this. We can, we can market this. That's just like the Second Amendment, prior to the 60s, in the history of law review articles going back to the 1800s, there was never a single law review article in the history of this country that said the Second Amendment was about individual rights keeping bare arms. So they, they, they're able to manipulate things. So then they started, wait, we're going to pay some people in the 60s in law mm-hmm. schools to manufacture law review articles to change this. Mm. Same thing with, with the Civil War and the Confederacy. We're going to sanitize. We're going to start building statues. We're going to sanitize this and we're going to use this to say we want our South back. We're going to use this to prevent desegregation in the South. So this is the importance of history. This is why not teaching history, not understanding history. So one last thing and I'll stop. I want anybody under the sound of our voices who's listening to this show, just send us a message, whatever. Name another country in the world. Mm-hmm. that has had civil war and they still celebrate it. They, they, they romanticize it. It's, I think 
if I'm not mistaken. It's against the doggone. We got First Amendment here. In Germany, it's against the law to run around here and act like a Nazi and reminisce that. They will lock you up. The queen just died. Did you see anybody from a uh, 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 British Civil War history out there in costume or trying to talk about doing something or the gunpowder plot, any of those things? No, because people live in the reality of today. Most people don't go back to that. If you want to do something new, do something new. Be original at least. But who goes back to recreate their own country's um, civil war? So you have that cosplay plus the illness that exists in this country that was exa- exacerbated, obviously, by the Trump presidency. Mm-hmm. You know what I what I think, right? And you touch on so many things, uh, which is the sickness of this country really is our denial of our history and the true right. history of it. That's right. really where the sickness comes from. We always want to refer to slavery as the original sin. Well, I don't know, to your point, who goes around then cosplaying sin, right? In a, in a way that you see the white lovers still of the Confederacy and of white supremacy doing on a regular basis. I mean, you know, not only do we celebrate we're still in the 21st century taking down statues that were erected to treason because that's what it was. And that's the thing that I, I, I don't, you don't need to be a student of history to understand that you had a divide in this country of people who wanted to overthrow, right? Legitimate government in order to continue the practice of enslaving other human beings because they couldn't figure out or understand how to advance an economy without free, enslaved, tortured, brutalized labor, right? So when you decide then that that is not an actual stain, because if it was truly seen as America's original sin, then we wouldn't celebrate it in the way that we do, right? That it would be frowned upon and it would be taught in such a way that to your point, Germany reconciled with its own learnings around how the hell You were in a country that was, that exterminated, that killed, that brutalized, that snuffed out 6 million human beings. How did you all get on board with that? Right? So I I think that we see now, Mark, this uh, return to book banning, this return to segregating our curriculum, because that's what we're doing. Because you will, in private schools and in some independent schools, they'll continue to learn, right? They'll continue to understand critical thought and be prepared for the world around them. But it's why, the question is never asked of these uh, right-wing Republicans, why don't you want Americans to know the truth? Why are you so afraid of white Americans understanding the entirety of this country's history. And so, you know, Mark, do you even see, because I want to really tap into this, this call for a civil war, but I feel like folks are calling for a civil war because they don't, they honestly don't even understand most people that are, that are doing this, the brutality of war, right? Or maybe they do and they don't care, but do you like talk to me about how this denial of history is part of our continued trauma and cycle of what we're dealing with in this country right now? It, it's not only the denial of history, it's a denial 
of the ongoing reality that exists in this country. Um, and, and we find trying to rear its ugly head more and more around the world. Look what just happened in Italy. Now, we know they just elected the, the, the woman Mussolini. Um, again, folks, broken record. We need to go back and listen to, God rest her soul, Dr. Francis Cress Wellson. And while she was a clinician, I mean, she said some very clear political and sociocultural things. We exist within a global system of racism and white supremacy. Mm -hmm. That is the bedrock of what is going on here. Now, people don't want to talk about that. They're uncomfortable with that. They, uh, we don't always want to talk about race, Mark. You always want to talk about race. But when you wake up, when we wake up in the morning to start our day, the global system of racism and white supremacy has already been at work all night. And it is institutionalized. And uh, the sooner we accept that and confront that, so that system exists, these civil war flare-ups, these conversations, QAnon, all this stuff is a result of that. And until we call it out and snuff it out, it's going to continue to be a problem for us. And look, this, this goes all the way around. Some of us as black folk don't want to talk about that. You know, because it's easier sometimes to keep our head in the stands and just in, in the sand and go ahead with our daily function. You know, we, I don't want to take it on. But but we have to. We don't have a choice. Um, I find in my life, my life is healthier when I confront the real enemies. Y'all, when we don't confront the real enemies, then we tend to take things out on one another. That's my that's my clinical advice. You know, if, if, if we are confronting mm -hmm. the real problem, mm -hmm. how many of us have problems at work? Mm -hmm. And then come this is this is deal with that local matter, just in your immediate local situation, local life immediate life, problems in the workplace. We bring that home and take it out on our loved ones. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. That's, that's, that's human nature. Um, but it takes a level of discipline and understanding. And this comes through education. This comes through enlightenment. This comes from information being power. So wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. My loved ones aren't the enemy. I don't need to be hard on them. I don't need to mistreat them. I don't need to, to nail them to the cross because I'm being nailed to the cross at work or I'm being nailed to the cross in a large society. I need to combat mm -hmm. these problems where they exist. You know, uh, uh, I have people call me all the time, man, I'm having a problem at work. Okay. Well, let's, let's take a hit on, but I don't know if I really should say anything. Well, why you call me? You know, you, you, you know, if we don't, cause otherwise you're going to internalize it. And I think too many of us do that. I get it. It's hard. The day to day, Folks are struggling, trying to make ends meet. There are no living wages. See, that's part of it, too. Mm -hmm. It's hard mm -hmm. to mobilize people when folk are just struggling to get by. And here I come. Here come that Mark Thompson, that Daniel Moody trying to get us mobilized, do something. We got to go to work. We ain't got time for none of this. So this is what's important. So the minimum you can do, mm -hmm. broken record again, is vote and take seriously every election, including where if you live in a community, where they still have an elected school board. Urgent. So we got lazy. We elect first black president and we figured that's all, that's all the vote we need to do. Vote for the president. Don't vote for nothing else. And now the rest don't matter. Big mistake. Huge. School board, local elections, mayor, city council. If the mayor controls the school system, you light that mayor up. You hold that mayor accountable. 
That's the very least we can do. Besides, I was on a, a, a Zoom just the other night with some folks dealing in education and fighting this backlash against CRT. Uh, I remember when we were in the fight, Danielle, uh, back in the early 90s for African-centered curricula. Mm. And in that battle, it got watered down to multicultural curricula. You probably remember some of those terms, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. y'all. And then we ended up with nothing. But the difference then was that people were mobilized. People were showing up at school board meetings. People were engaged. We must get back to that because it it starts fundamentally there at the education level. It continues in the voting booth. And then even in the seasons we aren't voting, we need to continue to mobilize, organize, be in the streets, call out the corporate powers, the businesses that are supporting racism and white supremacy. Stop. And I'm going to say this. I'm talking too much. This is important for us as African-Americans. No, really, as Africans around the world, as black people. Disinformation is targeting us more than any other group of people. What Danielle is telling us today, what the New York Times is telling us, is that they are using their social media to mobilize a civil war. Yes. But social media is being used to divide us. Yes. To turn us against one another. Boycott the woman king. Don't vote for Stacey Abrams because she don't do nothing for black men. That's not real. That's not organic. That's not a natural thing coming out of our community. These are hired hit accounts, if not bots, mm-hmm. that have infiltrated our community. Y'all remember when, I know nobody gonna know this. Remember when everybody's on Clubhouse? Oh, we on Clubhouse. Every night on Clubhouse, they had several rooms where they were debating Africans versus African-Americans. Why? Why was that going on? Who was instigating that? That was purposely to divide us. Why should we boycott the woman king? Why should we not support reparations? Why, why are people telling black men not to vote for Stacey Abrams? She ain't done anything with black men. What's Brian Kemp doing for black men? Come on. See, I just want you to show you the opposite of what social media is doing to our community. It's dividing us and keeping us confused while it's being helped. And the, yep. and the social media executives, the owners of it are promoting it. They're using it to mobilize to have this doggone civil war. It's no secret that the news is horse pill hard to swallow. Thankfully, there's the Bituation Room podcast hosted by comedian and commentator Francesca Friorentini for a lighter take on the heavy stuff. Each week, the Bituation Room brings you progressive comedians, experts, and activists to break down the issues in a way that won't just leave you crying under a weighted blanket. Get the Bituation Room on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and streaming on YouTube and Twitch. You know, that Mark, my goodness, because I have not been thinking about the ways in which, you know, so I th- I'm thinking about this now. I'm thinking about the fact that when BLM, when we were protesting in the summer of 2020, you got the FBI and the CIA scouring through our chat room, scouring through our social media sites right? Flag here, flag there. They rounded up like over a thousand people across this country that were protesting the the murder in broad friggin' daylight of George Floyd. 3,000% is up. Where the FBI and the CIA, where they, where they pull in where are they pulling these people out from their computer, out from it, behind their computers? 
and putting up flags and saying that this is terrorist organized, like this is terrorist organizing. This is this, that, and the other thing. Where are the bus ins on this? And this is where I say that this is how people begin to lose faith and hope. Because when you start to see the ways in which our community, the black community is continually broken down, discombobulated, misinformed on purpose so that we can't organize for the sake of our power, our collective power to seek justice. But then these MFers over here are organizing to overthrow a government to kill members of the FBI, members of their own goddamn party. And it's just like, oh, it's just locker room talk that's happening right now. We don't use January 6th and saying that that was a dress rehearsal, which is what every black person said on that day, that this is just a dress rehearsal. So Mark, like if the city, like we tell people, and cause this is what I want to get to. We tell people and I tell people, you got to vote. You got to show up and vote. You not voting is essentially voting for the opposition. You not voting is essentially voting for your own oppression. However, I also recognize that we are operating inside of systems that were not built for us, that we're operating. We're talking about right now. Where is where are our our national security agencies in terms of protecting us from domestic terrorism that is on the rise that they see? So how do you tell people to go ahead and vote and and vote into a system that we just have said by virtue of the few examples that we've given? Ain't about us. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and, and it is difficult. It, it, is, it is hard to motivate. But this is going to take some level of attrition. Uh, the more we vote for progressive candidates up and coming, eventually this generation that we're up against is going to die out. And that includes even the safe Democrats, even the Merrick Garland's who clearly can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Come on. You know, he fought when I mean, they written. Now, let's be honest. We have to take credit for what we can take credit for. There was the public outcry for him to do something. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where the law would not allow him to continue to ignore Donald Trump's crimes. But are we only going to focus on an insurrection January 6th? Or are we going to focus on an ongoing insurrection? When we have the evidence that it exists, if the New York Times it. has it, then Merrick Garland ought to have even more information. And I get it. Uh, well, you know, we don't want to do anything to affect the election. Well, <laughs> what day is election? What day is election day? November what? Uh, uh, whatever it is. The next morning at 9 a.m., there, need there needs to be some type of accountability for those who are instigating an ongoing insurrection, an ongoing civil war who are they gonna wage the war on? you you do we think that they're going to take on the u.s military no they're going to come for us you're right it's like the man came uh in the buffalo grocery store looking for black yep people. they're going to take it out on on brown people all people of color they're going to take it out on women because women are standing up for their bodily autonomy so folks i i know it seems bleak and we keep saying vote but it's not it's not just voting. It's voting consistently and it's voting down ballot. And we've just not done that. 
we've not been good at that. We've never even tried it. So we can't say it's not going to work because we haven't really done it. It has to become second nature. Voting, uh, protecting the right to vote. It, it has to become second nature to us. And, and then also being involved, frankly, in some level of political activity, some level of civil rights, some level of activism outside of voting. They need to know at a moment's notice we're prepared to go to the streets. They need to know at a moment's notice that we're prepared uh, to be involved in economic accountability, uh, 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 consumer campaigns, which we learn from Color of Change, are more powerful than boycotts today. You know, people say, I don't want to do boycott. No, you don't do boycott. See, because these brands, these, these companies can't afford damage to their brand. And so you give a, a brand a bad name, they're done. We have the power to, you know, that's why Fox doesn't have any advertisers. That's a victory. Fox News does not have any advertisers other than Pillow Guy yep. whose cell phone was con- confiscated. That's mm-hmm. a victory. We did that. The movement did that. You did that. Mm-hmm. Those those who are listening to us today. So there are victories that can be won. We just we just have to understand, as Frederick Douglass said, eternal vigilance. Last thing is they are. If people are still trying to reminisce about the Civil War, that's what's called eternal vigilance. Civil War was over eighteen sixty five. What is this twenty twenty two? People still romanticizing it. Yep. That's called eternal vigilance. They ain't giving up. But we just oh we free, we free Reverend Mark. No, we not. And 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 this this country keeps. We take two steps forward. We take one step back. That is the nature until we eradicate America and the world of the scourge of fascism and racism and sexism and white supremacy and all the other isms, Islamophobia, xenophobia, uh, homophobia. Until we eradicate, then this is a battle we're going to. So, you know, basically, folks, you got to decide, decide now. Mm hmm that you're going to be in this fight. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a time for comfort. I don't know you want everyone here. I want to be comfortable. I, want, I know we all want to be comfortable. But our enemies are at the gate. You know, it's so true, Mark, because the, the thing too here is that I don't think that people are ready to disrupt their comfort. I take a look at what is happening to our sisters in Iran to what they are standing up against, to what they are doing with the burning of their hijabs, the cutting of their hair in public. Young women are being murdered in the street. The internet has been blacked out. So we don't know what's going on. Do you think that Americans recognize that the enemy is really at the gate? That this isn't just hyperbolic, Twitter talk and chatter that like what we are seeing take place in Iran and what happened to Iran over 40 years, right? Is it can and is happening in the United States. So what do you say? How do we move people Mark out of their comfort? Well, again, I think that it, it requires us to, first of all, remind people that they're being purposely and deliberately comforted and distracted. So when we, when we get lost on, on Netflix and TikTok and everything else, our enemies over here, they're, not, they, they're still working. 
3,000% increase in Civil War talk. How many people noticed that? Nobody did. Because we're, we're dealing with uh, another type of opioid, and that is the escapism. Mm. Everything on TikTok is about, ha, 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 ha. We sharing TikTok videos. We just funny laughing, ha, 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 ha. And our enemies are organizing and mobilizing in the midst of all of that. And, and, and again, what's interesting, see, we got to talk about this. The algorithms know who we are. They know who we are. They know, they know our likes. They know our interests. So they market this opiate to us. Yep. But for those on the other side, they're getting all the information to mobilize themselves and strike back. And, and ultimately, it becomes, for the media, it, it, it really becomes in their interest. Because the more drama there is in this era of reality television, so to speak, the more drama it is, the more they stay relevant with the coverage, with the information. So that's just like Trump was put in office because people wanted that drama. That drama sold. We couldn't turn away from it. It was rubbernecking 24-7. It was the accident on the freeway you couldn't turn your head away from. Nonstop. And then here we are again with this. So, folks, we, you know, hey, have fun. Enjoy. I look at TikTok. I do all those things. I like to laugh. I'm funny. I think I have a sense of humor. But... Charming, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> I think I don't know. Some people you. say yeah, you b- very much are. <laughs> Thank you. You are too. Thank you. Uh, even even see even Danielle and I can be entertaining, but it's still it, it, in a sense of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and where do we get that from? I mean, Dick Gregory kind of set the tone. He was the first comedian. He was TikTok before TikTok. He was the first comedian to bring a level of wokeness and consciousness and awareness into the com into the com into the comedy. And that's what we have to do. In in our daily lives, we have got to get engaged. Example, yeah, folks, are everybody running around upset about Dobbs' decision in Roe? Well, where were you? We were saying that was going to happen. The woman herself said it when she ran for president. Mm-hmm. Don't believe that. She just wanted to be the president. It's gone. How, how many warnings do we need? Come on. Just like the people down in Florida didn't want to leave home. What? Says it's going to be a hurricane. That talks to some other people. I'm moving to Florida. Do you see what just happened? There are hurricanes in Florida and getting worse. Why are you trying to move to Florida? There's something. There's some cognitive yep. dissonance yep. going on. In terms, and, and it might just be this American thing, because other countries around the world look at us and say, you know, Americans are a trip. Uh, uh, we, when they had the Queen's funeral, people out protesting in the street because they closed down food banks, economy's doing bad, people don't have nothing to eat. But you heard that. People spoke up. And, and they said, you can't close these food. You can't do this to us because the Queen is dead. While we as taxpayers are paying for Come the funeral. On. So in America, as Americans, we, we, we've got to wake up and get involved. Join an organization. Join a movement. If you are a member of a house of worship, uh, see to it that your house of worship is involved. Not just, yep. you know, your worship leader, Muslim, Jewish, Christian, whatever you are. Just up there saying platitudes, you know, oh, 
doing bad, the Lord's going to help you. The Lord will make a way somehow. No, that's insufficient. The Lord will want us to be engaged, to be in a fight, to stand up for justice. Pull out those scriptures. Get out of the routine. They are assembling. They are coming for you and for me. And if they take, in the words of James Baldwin, if they take one of us in the morning, they will come for the rest of us in the night. Good, sir. Good, sir. This is I why. This, I no, talk you talk too much. That's why you're on radio and have podcasts. We used to. You and I used to have more of a dialogue. I'm going to ask you something before we go. Can I do yes, it? Yes, please. Let's ask that. I know we's on no time limit. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, folks put us on time. Uh, Herschel Walker. Oh, good God. I, I want to get your reaction to that whole thing and that hypocrisy. And then his son. See, it, 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 let me get your reaction in. Because that's... I, you know, first of all, because I've said this, and I haven't spent a lot of time on Herschel Walker on this show because he's a buffoon. And he is the perfect, the perfect, outside of Kanye West, the perfect puppet for white supremacy. He is exactly, he embodies exactly what white people think about black people. Not that bright, got the right melanin. He knew how to throw a football. They'll get behind him and we can fill his mouth and fill his mind with whatever we want because all he wants is to be, you know, special. All he wants is a pat on the head from white folks, right? And when I see them right now, not even they're not even pretending. They don't give a damn about uh, him paying for an abortion for his girlfriend. And frankly, I don't care. What I care about is hypocrisy. I care about the fact that you want to go out there and talk about being pro-life. And literally the Daily Beast showed the fucking receipts of the fact that like you aren't pro-life, right? Because you got yourself into a situation that you got your girlfriend pregnant and you're a cheater, you're a philanderer, you're all of these things. And so you wanted to, you wanted an exit out, right? So it's okay for you. And so you see these folks getting up there. You had Newt Gingrich talking about he's a good Christian. He's running against a man that is an actual goddamn reverend. Don't talk to me about Christianity. Talk to me about fucking performance, right? Because that's what this is. You all perform religiosity. You don't embody Christ. Give me a break. So I, I, I see these people and I'm just like, but I realize, Mark, this, and I, and I said this on Twitter recently. I said, media needs to stop trying to shame the devil. The devil don't get shamed, right? Like we keep trying to show Republicans, look at your hypocrisy. Look at this. Look at that. Thinking that they are going to turn away and be like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, blah, 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 blah. No, they actually came out and said what it is. We don't give a damn what Herschel Walker does. We want power. So here's the media's job. Listen to what they are saying instead of what you would like to hear. They are telling you they don't give a damn, which means that they don't give a damn about you. They don't give a damn about your family. They don't give a damn about your vote. They don't give a damn about anything but power. So what you think they're going to do once you give it to them by virtue of your neglect to vote? What do you think is going to happen? So for me, Herschel Walker ain't nothing but uh, ain't nothing but another set of red flags in a sea of red flags that we've been seeing since Donald Trump came down that escalator. Yeah, you're right. 
You're right. And, and, and we need to see that too, people. They're telling, they want power. So now if, if your enemy wants power and all you want is TikTok, something wrong with that. Your enemy is saying to your face, we don't care how many abortions he paid for. They literally, look it up. It's on the record. Yep. We want the Senate. It says something else, too, about the depravity. This goes back to Clarence Thomas. You know, uh, uh, and this is before Me Too. And sexual harassment is bad enough. There's a whole lot of ways to do sexual harassment. But I don't know how many people have sexually harassed people. And they say to a young woman, these are my pubic hairs on top of a Coke can. That's a whole nother level of of illness. And that's who they seek. They seek the ill so that they can be manipulated. Now, I'm going to bring this to a point. If you really look at the Herschel Walker story, though, Herschel's a black man like me. This is a black family like yours. You look at his son, Christian, as, as confused as he is. I saw a lot of pain mm-hmm. in that video. That, that's, you're exploiting people who are in pain mm-hmm. and who need help and who need healing. Herschel has been diagnosed with multiple personality disorder on top of the CTE injury. Mm-hmm. So, so you can't really... I mean, Christian, we're going to do all these things. At what point do we not exploit people? Come on. At what point do we say, do we need power more than doing harm mm-hmm. to people who need help? And, and I hate to see it. If the news comes out t- today, tomorrow, that the Dick Gregory say this all the time, we got to be prepared for this. The woman who had the abortion, she's hurt. The son, Christian, he's hurt. And his mother, hurt. Herschel is damaged. I mean, so if the news come out tomorrow that we got quadruple suicide, what are we going to say? Who's responsible for that? Yeah, what Who, what they yeah. always say. Now is not the time for that conversation, Mark. But this is a family, a whole family. Since yep. when the reality TV stuff comes real. This this is a whole entire family, two families, because it's two, at least two women involved. We don't know about all the other people that are being exploited so Trump and Mitch McConnell can have the Senate. Now, something's wrong with that. Matter of fact, you you know, we've all had families who family members who needed help and intervention. <laughs> Let, so if you care about Herschel, let's do an intervention. You don't need to be in the Senate, bro. You need to work on that healing. You need to get yourself together, get your family together, and know when you're being exploited in the way that you are. Do an intervention. If you love Herschel, oh, I love Herschel's greatest running back. He Herschel was a hell of a running back. He, no question about it. We all love Herschel when he playing football, when he played football. But he ain't running for football. He's not nope. running the football. Nope. This is for something else. And there, there needs to be a level of healing. I, I'm, I'm a Reverend Warnock. Is too. Good thing I ain't running against Herschel. That'd be my whole platform. That if you if you support Herschel Walker, don't vote for him. Help him. Yeah. Help him save himself and his family before somebody gets. This is terrible and permanent damage to be. Imagine if your whole family thing was played out on social media, y'all. All your business, everything that's going on. Come on. This this is not this is this is not the way, and that that in of itself is uh, politics aside. That is wrong. It is inhuman, and Herschel doesn't have a say in it because he's under control and being exploited. Yeah, you Sick. know, you 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 tie yourself to your oppressor, 
in some type of way and think that they ain't going to hang you out to dry for their own for their own needs and for their own power. And so, you know, folks, I, I, I will close with saying this today that, you know, they are I don't making- want to talk some more. This is good. We doing good. <laughs> they they don't make no secret. <laughs> they- we need to talk to each other. I'm sorry. They don't make any secret about what they're doing and what their plans are. So we need to stop acting shocked. We need to stop acting like, oh my goodness, I never saw this coming. They are literally planning, orchestrating, strategizing in broad daylight without any intervention, right? So folks, like if you think that this is a joke, let me tell you something, the joke is gonna be on you. The joke is gonna be on all of us because when these people get power, they are not ever, ever going to give it up. The laws will change because they will have the power to change the laws. And if you think that people are just going to casually go along with laws that are going to continue to oppress and push them back in closets and push them back into slavery and this, that, and the other thing, it's not going to happen. So Mark Thompson, my good, good friend. Handmaid's Tale ain't fiction. No. I think I just said something. You did. I think that'll be Handmaid's Tale ain't fiction, y'all. It's not. It is not. Mark, as always, please, you know, we appreciate your voice so much. You stay safe and you come back and see us again next month, which is going to be the month uh, <laughs> of, of midterm. So good Lord knows what we will be talking about then. But let's pray mm. about it. Appreciate, appreciate you. you Danielle. Appreciate Woke AF. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF as always. Power to the people and to all the people. Power, get woke and stay woke as fuck. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.